Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is back in studio with us today and we are going to share some tips for savvy shopping if you're taking advantage of Black Friday. We'll also follow up on several listener complaints about estate agent spam calls and ask where they're getting hold of our phone numbers. And then I hope there's time for open line calls. If you want to ask a question, the number to dial 021-446-0567 and you can send a WhatsApp to 072-567-1567. Wendy, it's Thanksgiving in America tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let me jump the gum and say we are thankful for you and your contribution oh, to the show thank every you very week. Much. <laughs> nice to have you back again. That's a lovely surprise. Thank you. Okay. But because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, that means it's Black Friday the day after and not just in America, all over the world now. Although the South African retailers seem to have turned Black Friday into a whole month-long affair, Wendy. Yes, absolutely. And you might recall that Woolworths... Um, got ahead of the game. I think the last week of October they started doing their Black Friday, not yeah, even Black calling November. it Black November. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if they called it Black November, it would be bleedingly obvious that they're <laughs> ahead of the game. But yes, so although we've got used to in the last couple of years Black November, it, you can see by the increase in the promotional activity that this coming Friday, the 24th, is still the, the big, big day. day. Mm-hmm. And and some companies still, they tease you along the way, say, fill your cart. The companies that I do business with and that I don't mind getting promotional emails from, they've all been saying, prepare your cart so you can just press, um, and then the, ref- the, the, the 30% off whatever will reflect on, on the Friday day. and then, you know, get in. That's but clever. so I've okay. been getting those, and then I've also, as a journalist, been getting an absolute flood of emails um, from companies via their PR agencies or in-house people. So banks, insurers, the South African Fraud Prevention Service, as you can imagine, credit card companies, that sort of thing. Loads and loads, almost more, I think, than the promo emails I've been getting. So I thought um, some of it is... I mean, it's all worthy because as we can see from the statistics and the complaints that we get, you know, a lot of people are falling for a lot of scams. Yeah. But I thought I'd pick out the ones that were either not that um, bandied about that much that people might not be aware of them. Um, and, you know, just the, the stats and, and, and advice that appeal to me. I've got probably too much prep here. So I'm going to either race or leave some out no, of Well, both. let's see how we go because okay. it's all important. And I know it a is. lot of listeners are getting ready to do some big shopping on Friday. So let's let's help keep everybody as and safe of course, as possible. Yes, and then we're going yeah. to Christmas and it's all, you know. It all applies there as well. It's, yeah. it's the, it's, we're heading into the season of big spending. So let's start with the Fraud Prevention right. Service. Okay, so they put out a release. They were quoting statistics put out, uh, first of all, by FNB. So these are FNB stats. Um, more than 2.4 billion rand was spent in-store during last year's Black Friday sales, while 670 million was spent on online sales. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy to forget if you've made the big switch to online that actually in this country, the huge majority of consumers actually still shop the old-fashioned bricks-and-mortar way. Yeah. Yes, not by clicking. Um, but interestingly, the value of online purchases increased by 31% last year compared to 2021 Black Friday sales um, and in-store spending increased by 18%. So mm. the trajectory of online is, is a lot faster than, than um, right. in-store spending. Um, and of course, uh, the SAFPS's Nazim, Nazia Karim, who heads up their product development, says that these uh, spend increases also present more opportunities for scammers to turn those consumers into their victims. And she just wanted to uh, warn about uh, several of the big 
forms of scams. So you've got spoofed shopping sites. I just showed you one. Yes, we that you've tweeted. It was, sure. Yeah, I just tweeted it. So it's, it's Woolworths offering, as someone said, that's a red flag in itself because it was, where's my photo? It was a convertible duffel garment luggage. I mean, that's just all garbled in the first place. For 500 rand selling for 60 rand. Well, I think even if it is Black Friday, that's not going to happen. such a big so discount. Said, you know it's Since not when is Woolworths going to be selling that for 60 rand? But the, but the red flag that I'm always pointing people to is you've got to look at the URL and you've got to look properly at it because this one is Woolworths.online, but there's a dash between the wool and the Woolworths, which real Woolworths never does. Yeah. So, We've talked about it with your Skechers shoes and all the rest. It's often shoes, but now with Black Friday, it's going to be everything. Everywhere, yeah. You can't um, assume anything. It might look like the site you normally buy for. It might be a big brand that you trust, but it's very likely to be a spoofed site. So check that URL, like, really carefully. Look for dots, look for hyphens, look for dropped letters, look for added letters. You know, we, our brains, you know, you get that text where they've dropped letters all over the place and we still read it. Yes. So our, your brain will want to overlook those um, inconsistencies, but I'm saying that you can't afford to. You really have to put your glasses on before you yes. check. Is going to be yes. my old lady comment, <laughs> yes. having come to work with mismatched earrings on Monday, despite looking at her. <laughs> so put your glasses that. on and check that website super carefully that it is in fact the real one. And uh, it's, it's not yeah. just about. Um, you know, losing your 60 rand or whatever. There's a bigger picture here because that Swift website could <laughs> will collect your personal information, including your payment details, yeah. um, and could download malware onto your devices, the SAFPS. And this okay. is a local full prevention service dealing with all our credit providers. So if they're putting it out, you can be sure that it's it actually happened. happening. Yeah. Yes. Um, account verification scams. So that's when a fraudster will ask for personal information to secure an account. Um, we've spoken about this a lot. It's it's phishing with their phone and say um, there's a suspected um, fraudulent uh, action. We just want to check. Uh, we just just want to check that it's you. Can you just read out the number on your that you've sent in an SMS? Meanwhile, it's from your bank. Um, and it's a one-time pin. And yeah. they've loaded up purchases on your credit card details, which they get on the dark web. And, and there you go. So anyone who phones you and wants any numbers, if you don't know them, you don't know who they are for sure, in the call, look up the contact details if they're not already in your contact list on your phone. Phone them independently um, and you'll 99.9% of the time find out that there is no such fraud risk on your account. They were they, That was the fraud risk, that call you got. Was itself it, that the, the was act the, of fraud, that, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, let's see here. Billing error yes, scams so you, are another one. You get an invoice or a phone call about products you didn't order. Counterfeit invoices can be sent as email attachments that might infect your device. I've, I've had all of these personally, mm. uh, and I'm sure others have as well. Um, and then social engineering where um, we are aware of targeted advertising where adverts for products that we search online are packed and presented to them on our timeline. Um, some are legitimate. Um, uncannily so, and mm. others are just pure spa- uh, fraudulent scammers who are wanting you to, to trick you into um, giving them your details, payment details, etc. Um, and then this is where it's a good point, uh, a good time. We've spoken about Yima, which yes, stop. Um, so the SAFPS. I should actually say the word out. South African Fraud Prevention Service launched Yima a few months ago, and. Um, as the months go by, it's going to become more and more a more and more effective platform to help us share information about 
fraudulent sites and other forms of scams and to get clued up ourselves. So it's a one-stop shop. You can report your scams. You can secure your identity as well, which I would encourage everybody to do. And um, it, if you're unsure about a site, um, you can put the address in there and see what comes up. Um, I would double check though on other forms because this is quite new and they might not have flagged it as, as yet. As but yet, that's yeah. why it's really important for all of us uh, to actually report scams that we, if you've got caught, go to Yima and report it, and that's a very effective way of saving other people from the same fate. Um, so there's a, it's very simple, and write this down and put it into your context under Yima. Y I M A. The number is 083-123 scam or 083-123. 7226, but it's easy to remember, 083-MTN-123-SCAM. Okay. And you can phone that number. Um, they will put you through to the police. They will put you through to your bank, any credit provider. So if you suspect, you know, if your phone's been stolen for whatever whatever reason and you want to throw in, you know, one, you can only remember one number, you can get through to your bank to stop your card. You can get through to your um Internet, your um, cell phone service provider, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, I think I think good. it's a lot of people don't. There's very low awareness for now because it's yeah. quite new. But I think this is such a huge step for us uh, to as have protection. access to this. Yes. So just before we carry on, interesting comment coming through that I want to respond to on the okay. WhatsApp line. You cited that example of the fake Woolworth site yes. offering a 500 rand bag at 60 rand, and the comment was the price is so ridiculous you should know better. I know what this is going to be, yeah. but it is so Black Friday. It is, but somebody has said it is Black Friday is all about ridiculous prices. That's why in America you get queues and people fighting over TVs, okay. etc. There their emphasis, a bag for 60 rand or from 500 rand would actually be realistic. So it's not necessarily just straightforward common sense. No. The person says, for me, but South African Black Friday is really not worth it. It's just a month full of some specials. And that was going to be my response. Wendy, yes, the way it started in America, massive discounts, 70, 80% yes. off big ticket items. I've that experienced it there with that my That hasn't spilled over here, though. I, no, it hasn't. I've experienced yeah. the real one. I did Thanksgiving with my sister. And the next day we set off and we we literally did the whole day. It was dark when we came out and snowing. I'll never forget. Yeah. And uh, we were in a mall. And the most impressive things were, number one, the, the extent of the savings. And number two, the absolute Unbe- unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable grace in service under oh, huge really? pressure. I, I was astonished as a consumer journalist in okay, particular. That's interesting. But anyway, yes, so there you can expect it. But I think this is not a new phenomenon in South Africa now. I think it's been since 2014 or even earlier with Take A Lot. Um, yeah, maybe 2012, at least 10 years we've had it here. Yeah. And, and so we have a pattern. And yes, you know, if you... you I say if you if you have a big ticket item, a new TV, a new fridge, a dishwasher, whatever, in your sites, do your homework, check the prices, and you are capable of getting a really good deal if you know what they normally sell for, and you save. You're not hitting your credit card, yeah, or you or you transfer your money into your credit card because then you're going to get loyalty points or whatever. Um, but yes, you can win, but you're not going to get eighty percent off, seventy percent off. That not is here. not good. Not in South Africa. Yeah. It might be the odd exception. There's always the exception, but but by and large, that kind of um, discount that we saw there, five hundred rand down to to 60. sixty rand, should raise red flags. It really should. But yeah. the bigger red flag that was by and by. I didn't even raise the price in my tweet. I just said, look at the URL. Yeah, because that's the that's the most 
telling thing. And it's a thing that's easy to overlook. You'll definitely look at the price. Yes, but and you're I not necessarily going to look at that. And also always, these spoof sites always have ridiculous prices. You experienced it yourself. Yeah. You always think, oh, bargain. But they are going to be at it in a big way now. And they're going to be hoping that people just like that listener say, thinking, well, it's Black Friday. Of course, why not? Of course this it's is a good deal. It, it, yeah. It's a good deal. It's not suspicious. It's Black Friday. But that's the context there. Good okay, question. So still be aware. Thank you yes. for that. Now, Wendy, you also heard from Standard Bank. What yes. did they have to say about Black Friday advice? So Tomelo Ramagondo, who hands up the bank's credit card division, gave a lot of advice. I've just picked out a bit. He said that during the first two weeks of November, so sort of the first two weeks of Black November, I suppose, mm. the bank had already observed a more than 13% increase in card not present transaction volume. So that's... Um, uh, God not present would be online yep, okay. uh, uh, volumes. Um, a special note to our clients that we will never call requesting a one-time PIN, CVV number, card expiry date, or anything else over the phone. So that's obviously a lot of their clients being caught by yep. that scam. And then just this one about using your credit card. Be smart about credit when interest rates are high. With Black Friday falling on a payday weekend, consumers can benefit from transferring funds to their standard bank credit card and using their credit card to make purchases, thus benefiting from additional rewards and the up to 55-day interest-free period. I can hear some listeners going, that's irresponsible and, you know, encouraging people to use credit. But this is actually encouraging the healthy use of credit. Of credit. You've got money the money. In the bank. You're yeah. putting it there. You've got to, um, it's not saying, you know, back, spend up to your maximum credit limit. That's not what's being said here. It's something. It's just it's about, spend it smartly. It's, yeah. it's using the benefits of, of credit cards to get the maximum out of it. Um, next, let's see. We have our budget insurance. They have noticed, interesting, a 30% spike in goods and transit insurance claims on Friday. So this would be them insuring businesses, online retailers, who um, have then had losses. The goods haven't reached the consumer who paid for them online because the trucks have been hijacked, hijacked along Happened the way. Happened to one of our colleagues not too long ago. Really? She ordered some jeans. And uh, they were coming on a truck, and the truck got hijacked. And, and what she happened? Got a, she got the money back from the I retailer. I think she did get the money back from the retailer in the end. But, but yes, that's what's she, supposed she said, to happen. You know, she couldn't believe she got this SMS saying, "We're really sorry, your jeans aren't arriving as scheduled because they've been stolen en route." Yeah, it's yeah. A, and you can imagine the targets that these guys will have on oh. them at this time. So, um, yeah, in 2022, the value of goods stolen from courier vehicles on Black Friday increased, increased by 20% from the sure. previous year's figures. And they target cell phones and electronic equipment, including TVs, gaming consoles, and computers. No surprise there. So, it's actually interesting. Budget Insurance said, make sure you know which courier company will be making your delivery, when they'll do so, and also find out if they're insured. And I said, but that's not the consumer's concern because the risk only passes to you as the, you take possession ownership of those of it, goods. Yeah. Ownership literally passes from the courier to you. Up till then, it's the courier's responsibility and ultimately the online retailer because the Consumer Protection Act makes um, companies, suppliers, as the act calls them, responsible in full for the actions of their chosen third-party agents. Okay. So there's no... Um, question of them say, passing it on but here's the thing I have had complaints many where that just that has happened so I remember a woman ordered solar panels mm-hmm. and they're one of them or two of them arrived smashed yes and the online supplier they didn't have any um, bricks and mortar presence the online supplier said um, well you've got to speak to the courier and the courier said well I, I just picked up what what was I was told to, to collect me. and yeah. and 
And I don't think there was ever any redress here. So that, that's a very important question to ask. I know there's a long list, but you should find out from the retailer if before you make a purchase, uh, what happens if these goods don't make it to me? Will More you refund me in full and get it on yeah. record? And if they don't answer you, uh, how special is that special? Special lot of problems down the line if something goes wrong. Okay. Now, on the same line, talking about insuring goods in transit, uh, it was so lovely, Wendy. I got to meet Ernest North when I was up in yeah. Joburg last month at the Actuaries Convention. Uh, we've had him on the show several times from digital platform Naked Insurance. Yes. And so nice to put a face to the name, Ernest. He sent you some really good advice as well to do with cover of items that you've bought. Yes. He wasn't the only one, and I think um, Budget also said that, but it's, it is really important. So once you've got those new goodies in your possession, and for many people on Black Friday, they will be quite high-ticket items. Um, you must well you want them to be insured um, in case you lose them but also if you don't uh, and something else gets stolen and they find out that you have and they will find out if it's a big claim that you're underinsured because you haven't been adding your newly acquired things to the policy you could lose out big time Ernest says for example if you buy a 20,000 rand fridge you won't have to specify it but you will only have enough home content cover if you increase your total insured amount after you bought it. So it's about okay. that. Um, always make that call. Interesting enough, a lot of for a lot of people might be thinking, well, I don't have home contents policy. You can buy a single item cover, and your cover will start once you've made the first payment. So you might not necessarily want to cover everything, but if you think your gaming console, for example, is likely to be stolen and you, you really want to cover that. You can cover just that one item. And he, this is something I didn't know, which was quite exciting for me because I do a lot of insurance stuff. Yeah. Ernest says, if it's a bulky item that it's not easy to move like a fridge, it's important to note that you will only be covered for up to 5,000 rand and a maximum of 20% of your overall level of cover during pro- transport. So I always say to people, if you're taking it yourself, you must insure it before you leave the shop. But I wasn't aware of that. And maybe it's only some insurers, not others, but it's worth checking when you make that call. So he's he's saying it's far better to have the retailer handle delivery. And I always always, um, suggest that. And I would say get what what Mass Smarts, that's macro game, called their white glove service. And they actually put it on the wall. Because a close friend of mine had this experience where he spent a lot of money on about a, I don't know, 75 centimeter um, huge TV huge TV and he knew when it it was taken out of the packaging which is mostly when this happens and his fingers dug it and he could just feel and it It was done it was done and it wasn't insured so it's an area of huge risk it happens often and so I would say you're spending what how many thousands for a few hundred rand just do it get it delivered it's called being penny wise and pound foolish isn't it Wendy you think you're going to save on those few hundred rand on the delivery fee and And just do it yourself Yes. but the potential cost in the long run if things go wrong is huge and and Macro my MassMart contact said when I asked him about it said very very few people do take pay that extra because they want to do it themselves on the cheap but I can tell you the consumer goods and services onwards a couple of years ago put out a special warning about this because they get so many complaints about it so as do I because that's why the stores take it out of its box and say look it's working yes Yes, right. Put Hand it, back it over in. to you and there off you, you go. go. Off you go. And if it's not working when you get home, sorry for you. It could be the bumpy road. It could be because you stored it wrongly. Don't ever store it flat. It's got to be standing up and things like that. People don't know these things. And, and they don't know they what don't, they don't know. They, they don't know. And exactly. And they think, but nothing happened. And then, but something did happen. 
It broke. Sage advice, Wendy. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. Right, just before we move away from Black Friday, one of our listeners saying, I literally just collected my new Black Friday MacBook from the iStore in Canal Walk this morning. And I was quite nervous walking back to my oh, car sure. in case of being watched and targeted. Yeah. It's another so, thing to be be absolutely mindful so, of if you're shopping in store. So Ernest North says, and it doesn't just apply to Naked, uh, his company. He says, um, you can get a quote and buy insurance on the spot via a digital insurance platform such as Naked, but they're not the only one. It should be yeah. equally simple to add your new buy um, to home contents on the app. You can get a quote and be covered within seconds of seeing your dream TV in the store or your dream MacBook. Um, okay. And either as soon as you get notification, a notification that the courier is on the way or if you're carrying it from the shop, if you've bought it in the shop, before you leave the shop. Because that is a major risk. That item yeah. is now not not, not insured, insured between the store and getting it home and, and phoning your broker. As a MacBook yeah. It's a big, big oh, no. item. It's a very big tip. One it's stage, my latest one was worth more than my car at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, the second thing we wanted to talk about today is a recurring complaint. And it's come through again on email from Andy. So let me start by reading Andy's email. She says, estate agents keep on phoning asking if I want to sell my house when I've never indicated any interest in doing so. I sometimes answer in case it's an imp- Sorry. No, this is Andy. I'm mixing up two messages. I'll read the second one as well. And Andy's saying, I'm told repeatedly when I ask them, where did you get my number? The answer is always from the deeds office. Surely this is illegal. Mickey and Pinehurst writes, I sometimes do answer those calls in case it's an important call. And then I explain nicely that they shouldn't cold call because it goes against my privacy. And usually they tell me the law allows them one call. I'm not sure whether to believe it or not. So but the bigger issue is people complaining and it happens frequently. We get the email saying, what do I do to stop a state? agents phoning offering to sell my house or asking if I want to sell my house I haven't contacted them I haven't put out any indication I haven't asked for evaluation but they keep on calling now Wendy we've got Protection of Personal Information Act in play now Papia a lot of listeners saying surely this is a contravention okay I want to just go back to that listeners thing saying um, they're allowed one call yes they are but once you tell them not to phone they shouldn't again but the bigger issue is where they're getting the information. That's what yeah. everybody wants to know. Um, and they do. I've had those <coughs> calls myself, not for a long time, but the deeds office. Like when it's a, 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 a other forms of spam calls, they'll say the consumer, the national consumer database, which doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So with uh, the latest query we got, I turned to Nomzamo Zondi, who is the information regulator's senior manager for comms and media. I forwarded an email and I said what is this about and her response was while any person can access details of ownership of a property at the deeds office allowing for verification of the owner by persons such as a state oh, and because this allows people like estate agents uh, to find out whether somebody who is claiming to be the owner of the house and wanting to sell it actually is the owner so yes um, but she says um, that it but this processing should have um, limitations as la- outlined in popular conditions for lawful processing. She says, but you do find estate agents who abuse this access to information and harass owners to sell their property or for other reasons, uh, for reasons other than verifications of which, and that is a contravention of popular. Okay. But so then, 
Convincing attorney Gillian Erasmus heard our promo for today's show. She contacted us and said that she works with the deeds office, obviously, as a convincing attorney. And she says the only information that is stored there is the name, ID number, and marital status of the wait of the buyer, of the and, buyer seller. and seller of each property described according to the deeds offer office descriptions. There are no physical addresses, no telephone numbers, and no email addresses. So what's going on? Can I verify that we've also received the same comment from Peter? He's saying one's telephone number is not reflected on your title deed anymore. In the olden days of landlines, you only got your phone after you took transfer and moved in, but no longer the case. Right. So what we've established then is that where did you get my number? The deed office, that's not true. Yeah. It can't be true. There had to be some other source of information. So uh, Gillian says, while the information is publicly available, it must be physically requested in person by paying a fee at the information counter and then receiving a deeds office printout. Now she's talking about uh, marital status, name, ID number. She's not talking about contact details. Yeah. She said, because to get that information, you do need to know the name and the ID number or the earth number of the property. Um, then the information you're provided with is the details of the property itself. There is no way to get addresses or contact details from the deeds office, she said. As conveyances, we collect a lot of personal information about buyers and sellers, which we process according to the Poppy Act. Contact details, email addresses do need to be shared with the municipality for a rates clearance certificate and with SARS for a transfer transfer duty receipt. However, this is done through a secure channel directly with the municipality and through our company e-filing pro profiles it's very unlikely that the information leaks here so where does it come from she says well we also have to share personal information with the body corporates managing agents and homeowners associations i don't intend to point fingers as these bodies are also governed by poppy but this information is usually shared via email managing agents and body corporates hold a lot of personal information about the owners and tenants of sectional title schemes mostly to be able to send out levy statements but there is a chance that personal information may be leaked in this way. So, <laughs> okay, so I mean, there's some interesting comments there. So what she's saying is legitimate business purposes for obtaining that information, such as it. the conveyancing attorney. They've got protected ways of sharing it with the parties who need it. It's not being bandied around willy-nilly in an open email that anybody else can intercept or forward and store that information. And Jillian, it's very helpful commentary. Thank you so much for sending it through. And Peter, thank you uh, so what uh, so much for your comment. I can't, I, look, just my screen has just been flooded with people saying, "Me too." They Me always too. say, "I got the information from the deeds office." Um, so, so we know that's not true. We know that's not con- true. So then, Wendy, you need to push back and say, "Well, I know you didn't get it from the deeds office, and if you want me to do business with your agency, perhaps you'd like to reveal where you got it." Yes, dangle the possibility point. of. The- that's what I would to, do um, yes, because I wouldn't, I, would do, I wouldn't do business with, no, so, with somebody who's going to treat my private information like exactly. that. Exactly. So interestingly, Nomzama Zondi did cover this in her response as well. She said, we're currently processing the code of conduct in terms of a certain section of Papier. The proposed code of conduct received from the Residential Communities Council intends to create proper practices with how personal information is processed by the sector. 
Um, we are still engaging with the Community Scheme Ombudsman on such cases and seek to close the gaps and tighten regulations that will address such inc- incidents and undermine the right to privacy as it relates, relates to the protection of personal information. And here's where the advice comes in. We always encourage consumers to lodge such complaints that we can conduct investigations to ensure that the right to privacy is protected. We also welcome members of the public to request the regulator to conduct an assessment on organizations or sectors where the public feel that they violate the right to privacy and that there has been misuse of their personal information. So that is some tangible action, action that you can take. You make a note of the agent and the agency which called you and send the complaint. The, the email address is easy to find online, but if someone's got a pen in hand, it's poppier complaints with an S, plural, poppier complaints at inforegulator.org.za. So if the phone calls keep coming, the response is, where did you get my number? When they tell you I got it from the deeds office. You couldn't have got my number. You tell them that you know that that is not true because it's not possible to obtain your number there. Challenge them again. Where did you get my number? And tell them we will submit a complaint to the information regulator and follow up and make that complaint. Because, Wendy, I mean, it is clear from the number of, of, of messages I'm getting it's a big that issue. it's a big issue and that it's one that continues to plague people. I mean, somebody's asking here about that they're allowed one call. Does that apply to every agent or to every agency? No. Because I'm getting calls from as many as 15 or 20 agents from a single agency. No, 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 is the no. Comment. You tell the agency, do not call me. And that's actually, it's a transgression of Popular and the Consumer Protection Act. Okay. You can complain to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman, which is very effective in my experience as well. Um, And I would say out people on social media. If you've told them no and you say, I want you to record this on your company's database, I do not wish to be contacted. If I want to sell my house, I will make proactive calls to the the agents of my choice. I wish to work with. Yes. Um, And if you continue to say, I'm going to be fully entitled, if I get another call, I will be putting this on social media and let people n- name and shame. We and have it's the not power. often that you sell to us to name and shame, no, Wendy, but this but is this a good example good of where it if is If you warn them and they don't listen, it's your legal right, actually. They, they have done something now illegal and you are, you are within your rights. It's not defamation if it's true. Mary's comment is, I'm receiving WhatsApps from the estate agents oh and I'm word. wondering if the information is possibly being taken off chat groups. Possibly. That, I mean, it, it, this is a, it's true. one of the risks when you join the neighborhood, neighborhood street watch WhatsApp. group that mm-hmm. everybody has access to your number now who's part of that group yeah, and might not know how to look after it as they should. Okay. I've had people WhatsApping me and texting me and phoning me having seen my number on such groups. Yeah, likewise. Attached with my name. Usually with, with perfectly benign intent and I don't mind too much, but it is, yeah. It, it, Wendy, what sort of, I mean, this is now a bit of a tangent, but what sort of, I know that the moderators of such groups are responsible for the content of such groups and have to pull in line anybody who, for example, uses disparaging abusive language, for for example. Are they at all liable if somebody misuses the phone numbers in that group? Yes, which is why they tend to act quite quickly if there are any transgressions. The admins carry a lot of responsibility. So, Mary, thanks for flagging that. And if it happens again, I mean, you can't prove that it was taken off that that group but if you have a very strong suspicion 
where it came well, from. if it's very shortly after you've commented on something. And then yeah, they, it might be worth flagging say, the moderator of the group. People don't realize. I mean, I've, I've had um, employees of companies that I transact with yeah. who've gone and found my number in their files and phoned me with a consumer issue. That's also a complete abuse of my details. <laughs> but especially my cell number. I don't put yeah. my cell number out there for good reason. Can you imagine? You'd, you'd never And I'm brain. always polite, yeah. but I'm just saying this is not okay. Can you please send me an email? Yeah, keep that in mind. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Good afternoon, Pippa and Wendy. Um, regarding your, your, your comment um, or your discussion now regarding how estate agents get information or contact information of potential sellers or tenants or, 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 or lessors, um, th- what does happen is that there are systems that, that property agents use. And I have my own property firm and I know exactly, I, I'm not going to mention their names, but there are systems that can be basically subscribed to where you can actually uh, source contact information. If you have the earth number, you don't need the ID number, but you have the address, you have the earth number or something to that effect, you could potentially access that particular property owner's details. Um, owning my own firm, I don't uh, prescribe to my agents or to or to anyone that I deal with to do that because I do think it is a breach, but I'm often told if you contact them once, then it's actually acceptable in terms of the Poppier Act. I still don't buy that because I still think you need to get consent to make that contact, but I could be wrong. Um, but I thought I'll just give some feedback on that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for that. And thank you to Paul saying the general principle is information cannot be harvested for one reason and used for another. Thank you, Pippa. That's Paul, Great that's summary. excellent. Thank you very much. It's it's a very, very succinct summary of, of, of what we're talking about here, that your information that you've given over for one purpose has got to be protected and ring-fenced within yes, that purpose and cannot be shared. That's the overall yeah. summary of what the yeah. Act is attempting to address. Nicely put, so, Paul. Thank you. And that you. one call is still, the fact is that your information, uh, you can't misuse information once and get away with it. It shouldn't be used. That Whoever yeah. you're buying the list for, you are, you are also uh, guilty some other companies harvested that list from getting it from bodies corporate or from agent, where, not agent, wherever they're getting it and now you're using it no for another purpose entirely well listen to this somebody's just messaged me referring to um, let me just say a store that we that, that they know we have in common that we support a lot saying the owner of that store tells me he is constantly being offered money to sell his database contacts to third oh. parties how about this one? Someone tells me an estate agent jumped over my wall oh to my knock on my door. Goodness. My gate had a lock on it. Where do I report such oh, behavior? That's, that's At the police break, station. That's, that's trespassing. trespassing yes. Yeah. Good heavens. Okay. And also, I mean, that that person could have the, um, uh, what do you call it? Fidelity. You've got to have a fidelity you know, certificate you've got to have yes, with the estate that, agencies. Yeah board or whatever that that conduct would be completely out of line my goodness as if you would ever want to list your property with such a person who would resort to those tactics i mean why why do they think anybody would do business fast and loose with the documentation and everything else unbelievable okay wendy before we run out of time i very quickly want to give our listeners some feedback on our story last week you remember michelle contacted us whose bank card had been swallowed by a Capitec ATM, not through anything she'd done. She hadn't put in the wrong pin or done anything wrong. The machines just malfunctioned and swallowed her card. And Michelle wrote to us saying they charged me 70 rand 
to replace my card. And she didn't like it, and rightly so. Wendy took up the case as promised. Well, thank you. Michelle let us know this morning that Capitec has refunded her the 70 70 rand fee that she was charged. But as she rightly says, Wendy, they haven't made any commitment to changing the policy. So she says, I'm glad that I got my money back, but I wish the bank would actually take it a step further and change the policy for other people as well. That is what I raised in my media query. Um, And they've twice asked for an extension, um, saying they've, need more time to investigate or come up with a response um, because yes obviously it's not about making an exception for one person who complains to the right person it's about if, if that's your policy how do you justify it and uh, while waiting for their response I'm just thinking yeah. of it now I should have thought about it last week but um, I will um, contact the other banks and see what, what their, their policy yes, is because yeah. they're in their um, you know, in their lists of price, their price lists, they do all have a, a card replacement fee. But the context is important. If you've lost your 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 card or had it stolen from you, obviously you, you should be, expect to pay a replacement fee. It was fee. for your own doing. Yes. yes. But if the machine swallows your card, uh, I can't see. There's just no way. I mean, the CPA wouldn't support it. So let's yeah. see who's doing what on that score beyond Capitec. That's Although Capitec does have by far the largest number of customers in this country. Interesting. I'll be interested to hear the feedback on that. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Let me just um, – where was that email? Let me just find it now. Um Okay, I just want to respond to this. In fact, it wasn't an email. Somebody phoned in to say, in her case, the agent's response was that they got her number from when she had attended some show houses. Now, that's different, Wendy, because if you're going to show houses, you're in get, you are initiating engagement with the firm as somebody who is interested in buying. Would that be different? Because you are voluntarily giving them your phone number. As long as they told you on that form when you filled in that, please. It can be used for marketing purposes. Yes. Mm. There's a bit of a. I'm wondering if that's a bit of a grey area because you have initiated area. the contact with them by attending their show house. Yeah, but does that give them? Are you giving them explicit permission to use that that information to contact you? They would have to In say this for is marketing why purposes. it goes yeah. to you. Give your number for one purpose. What do they state the purposes for? Yeah, if it's a security measure to keep track of the people exactly. who are in and out the house, that's different. Because I think that's what most people assume when they give their number. Yeah. It's not, I'm now giving you permission and every agent in your agency can to, now start phoning me. Start yeah. phoning me. My best example was when I looked at a house in Rondebosch, Wendy, and the next day I got a call offering me to come and look at a lovely estate in Somerset West because they believed, believed I was in the market. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to pay my children's school relocation yeah. fees and everything else as well. Anyway, we could go on forever. Uh, just all I can say is that judging by the sheer volume of WhatsApps coming through, this is an issue that estate agencies need to pull up their socks on and get on top of. So I'm going to strongly urge anybody that this happens to to push back, challenge them when they tell you they got the info from the deeds office, tell them that you know that that is not the truth and that if it happens again, you will be filing a complaint with the information regulator. And Wendy, thanks for telling us how to do that. Oh, and putting it on social media. Absolutely, that too. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Ripa.